Smith. All right, watch he's in the witness protection program. He's in the witness protection program. We have to go. <laughs> this is my Mike Smith. <laughs> there you go. I got that you. sounds like something someone would say yeah, if they're under witness it, protection exactly. right now. Mike Smith it is sounds a like nice it sounds name. like a very well built background. Very you know? How does everybody like sound to everybody else? <laughs> I think you guys sound wonderful. I like you. Oh my goodness! There so we go. Gracious. All right. And so are we doing a, I'll do the start off thing then? Yes, Always. you should do the start the off host. thing. Hey, BJ. Aww. That's your job, Ready? Aaron. All right. All right, guys. Welcome to the Chicago Film Scene Podcast. My name is Aaron Surrey. It is great to see you guys tonight. Tonight we have on our guest, Kate Levinson. Let's actually go down the line and just kind of also all just introduce yourself. First, let's start with Kate, if you'd like to. Hi, I'm Kate Levinson. This is weird because now you guys are on opposite sides. <laughs> so there's really not a line to go down. Um, Fine, I'm one. I don't do anything important. Other than, you know, produce the show. Yeah, whatever. And <laughs> Overrated. And as you all know, I'm Joe, just sitting over here. And Aaron, I'm surprised you forgot to mention that we are live. Oh, we are live. We are live at the Frog right now. First Aaron time since Frog. December. Ooh, here we get started again. Um, of, course you guys, of course, if you want to find out more about us, guys, of course, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and, of course, our website, ChicagoFilmScene.com. A lot of new content. Joe, I know you said you're putting on some new eclectic uh, reviews of certain films and everything. Oh, yeah, I've been writing eclectic TV reviews. I wouldn't say eclectic reviews, <laughs> reviews of eclectic TV. Are they eclectic r reviews of eclectic TV? That's what we want to see, Joe. <laughs> I've got to work on that, Dad. Eclectic <laughs> Squared right there. That's your new writing name. There we go. Um, Kate, we're really excited to have you on. Um, before we actually kind of start diving in and going into questions, can you please just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, hey, BJ, do you think you could take a little video for the Levinson Locations Instagram? Great. Um, my name's Kate Levinson. I own a company in Chicago called Levinson Locations, where we do just that. Um, we do locations mainly for TV and web commercials, um, advertising, catalog, photo shoots, and brand activations. Okay. All right. So how long, uh, so first of all, what really got you started down this path of actually uh, finding uh, locations and scouting and things of like that nature? Yeah, it was a wonderful happenstance. I was studying uh, literature at DePaul and I took a class called Writing for Magazines and I had this realization that there was so much in magazines, like what goes into making a magazine happen? So I called up my mom's friend who uh, found locations for interior design magazines and styled the photo shoots. And I was like, hey, I need an internship. Can I work for you? And she said, yeah, come on, come on down. So I started working for her, Hillary Rose. She was an amazing mentor. And what I found when I started working for her was she, because of all the homes that she saw, she also found locations for advertising and catalog photo shoots. So I started doing more and more of that, and I realized that I really, really loved it. And um, after several years, she retired, and I started Levinson Locations. And from doing the print stuff, we I started doing more motion, more TV commercials, at, you know, anything. And then very quickly had more business than I could do on my own. So I started hiring an assistant, and then I got another person, you know, another assistant. And then all of a sudden, I had like four employees, and I was like, oh, I better figure out how to <laughs> run a business. And so I did that. And 
10 years. We just had our 10-year anniversary. Here Congratulations on Congrats, that. Congrats, hell yeah. Thank you. Um, so along the way then, so you obviously, so what would you say is probably like one of the your big day-to-days of going around being kind of a finding locations for commercials, photo shoots? Like what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah, so my job has changed a little bit now that I have so many location managers that work for my team. So I'm not like necessarily personally doing all the day-to-day, but for the sake of the conversation, I'll tell you what the day-to-day looks like. <laughs> um, so we'll get a call from somebody, and they'll be like, hey, Kate, I'm looking, I've got a, I'm doing a shoot, and we need a house with a white kitchen and a hospital and a park. And so we'll kind of start out by thinking, okay, well, what do we have in our library already that's going to work for this job? And we'll do a file poll, and we'll put up a Dropbox link of uh, around 15 or 20 options for each, um, each scene that they need. And then the production will decide, or you know, their client will decide whether or not what we showed will work. And if it'll work, then we call and check availability of those locations. And if it won't work, or if we don't have it, like, hey, we need a swimming pool with a high dive. You know, I don't know, maybe I don't have a swimming pool with a high dive. Then we'll go out and find that location. Um, so typically, and that looks like many, you know, whatever it takes to find whatever that type of location it is. And we always say, if it exists, we'll find it. And it's true. So then once we find the locations, then the, you know, the director will decide what they like, we'll check and see if it's available, and then once everybody, like, agrees on the locations, we'll pull the permits, close the streets, um, you know, deal with parking, figure out where we're going to do everything, and then uh, execute all the contracts, and then when we arrive on set, we manage kind of the footprint of the production on set, parking, um, where anybody is going to do anything, stopping dogs from barking, getting neighbors to turn off lights that are shining into windows and bothering people. I mean, anything really that comes up. Have you ever dealt with, like, I would imagine doing all that and having so many moving parts and trying to do this very public thing, have you ever ran into problems with people who are just like, no, I don't need my dog to be quiet right now? Like... So or are most people mo- are most people accommodating when there's a film shoot that's going on? Mm, it's really all about just with anything in life. It's about how you approach people, and yeah. I always tell everybody that works for me like, when you walk up to somebody that you're going to ask to do something, walk up there smiling, because people only want to deal with you if you're nice. And usually, like I don't know, whenever anybody asks me for something, if they're nice, if I can help them. I want to help them, yep. you know, and I've found over the course of my career that that is really the best way of, of dealing with people, just be super nice. Okay. It sounds like a complicated, uh, like, organization. Like, how many jobs do you have, like, juggling at one time? My company? Yeah. Um, we would have anywhere from, like, eight in, like, a bad winter month to around maybe... 30 in or 30 or 40 like in any stage of like between inquiry and shooting I'm not really sure that's a good question for Lydia who's not here with us today <laughs> and who is Lydia? Lydia is my director of operations Lydia she, you were invited it was Kate she was like no I want the spotlight Lydia actually <laughs> Lydia actually walked in here and saw that there was nobody here and she was like it's 7 mm. <laughs> it was like 6.45 and she's like I'm gonna go oh my oh. god Maybe next time. She is really patient, though, so it's surprising. (laughs) 
<laughs> we, got, we got most people trickling in at 7.30 at that point. It, I, there's a lot of people here now. I'm surprised you can't hear that. BJ, can you hear that? All these people oh. in the background? No. He says All it's right. fine. All right. I guess we're good on there. You know what? One thing struck me <clears throat> what you were just saying is that how specific people use, like, are with it. I guess I don't know why I'm surprised by that. It's like a director comes to you and says, I need an entire white kitchen <laughs> or something like that and it's like and you also mentioned that oh we pull from our portfolio so how do you gain a portfolio do you have like uh you know real estate like you know people who have like empty like locations and they're like we're always looking to do that kind of thing or no exactly the opposite we want to shoot at people's homes that like if it's a house we want to shoot somewhere where people live we know they're going to live there for a long time if it's on the market it's not even like really necessarily worth me going out and taking the pictures of it because it's not going to live in our library for more time than it is going to take for them to sell it so um all almost all of our residential locations are people's homes um and yeah people are directors clients i mean when you're when you're dealing with commercial productions, you're dealing with client, agency, director, you know, there's all these people that are having say on the creative, and they're specific, you know, they're marketing to a specific demographic, they're trying to reach a lot of people, it has to look the way that they are imagining it looking. And I have to, you know, we have to be really good at interpreting the vision, so seeing what they give us, understanding what they're talking about, and then being able to translate that into something that actually exists. Mm -hmm. That actually know. brings up a related question I had. Um, how, like, uh, how often do you work with uh, the Chicago Film Office when it comes to securing locations? Well, the Chicago Film Office, I work. We work with every day, um, and the Chicago Film Office doesn't really deal. They deal with like making the location, permitting the locations. I know you guys talked to Kwame about. Yeah, it was our yep. first interview subject way back in the, like, what, September? Well, shout out Kwame. Kwame, yeah. yeah. So he's been amazing. Um, so they do all of our permitting, and they, like, you know, we say, oh, here's where we want to shoot, and they're like, okay, they talk to the alderman, they talk to the police, they talk to streets and sanitation. He explained all that, I know, in his podcast. Um, and then they allow us to shoot where we need to shoot. But... The Chicago Film Office doesn't like have locations. They don't really hook you up with locations. I might call them for some advice, you know, from time to time. Makes sense. But like permitting and like the, um, I don't know, know the, the red tape. They're excellent at removing for us. <laughs> we might as well go back. We might as well go down another uh, or up another level, or I don't know how that goes. And talk about. <laughs> Peter, do you have to deal with the Illinois Film Office on things like that? Like, Almost never. Really? So, yeah, the Chicago Film Office, we work with them every day. The Illinois Film Office, it's very rare. The Illinois Film Office does have a database of locations. Uh, our database is larger. And, well, I don't know if it's larger. It's more up-to-date because mm -hmm. we're in it all the time, and yep. we're actually, like, executing projects from, like, scouting through actually shooting. But, like, the Illinois Film Office will be amazing. I'll call up Lewis over there, and I'll be like, hey, you know, I've got this whatever request. I need a, I don't know, whatever might come up that I don't have or I don't have enough of. And they'll do a file poll, and they'll show us stuff. They'll show it for free. So that's a really good resource for independent filmmakers that, you know, can't afford 
shit. Humble brag. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Oh, here's a, here's but it's true. Um, here's another question I have to like, might give you an opportunity to humble brag. Um, have you ever been approached by like a larger production? Like, hey, uh, we need to outsource our location scouting to like help expedite the process. Would you be interested? Like, have you ever been approached by, like, say, a, a Hollywood production or a Chicago-based TV show? Yeah, that happens um, relatively often. We're, I, I feel really, really grateful for all the other people in Chicago who do what I do. There are some amazing location scouts and location managers out there um, that don't work for Levinson Locations, many of which are the location managers on some of these TV shows. And I've been trying, actually, maybe some of them will hear this, hear my plea. I've been trying to be their secret weapon because, you know, they have people out scouting all the time. They could just call me and I'll show them, you know, whatever, a million things in an hour. And it does happen relatively frequently. And I always love working with those other location managers when I get the opportunity. Awesome. So it's not like, you know, because one thing I've always said about Chicago, it's kind of like a weird scene, at least to me and my thing. It's like, it's like if you don't know somebody, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's like that a lot of other places, but it seems like you're saying that, like, you're willing to pull pool resources and just do the best, you know, you can possibly do, make the best projects and, you know, help each other out kind of. We have an incredible community, and I think that over the last 10 years that I've been in business, um, I've built some really great friendships with those other people. I have a Halloween party every year for all the location managers in Chicago. Oh, they come over okay. to our office. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes some of them come. I don't always have as good of a turnout as I would like, but, you know. I think it's catching on. Well, maybe <laughs> if you, like, <laughs> let podcasters come, you can have a way better turnout. And I'm sure we party harder than the uh, location managers, I'm sure. I don't know. You'll have to talk to, like, Jenny and Free <laughs> and the girls that work for me about that. We, we do podcasting because we're not pretty enough to be on video. Right? <laughs> if you podcast them, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually brings up uh, one thing that I really wanted to uh, talk about, though, is when... Um, BJ actually told me, hey, somebody reach out to Kate, and I did. So he he's basically the unsung hero on bringing all those lovely people together. And when I started looking at your website and everything, and when I started looking at who has a, I don't know, seat at the table, I guess would you call it, I noticed that there is mostly all women, if not entirely Yeah, women I'm, look, I'm looking at the website, and... The entire employee page is for women. And that, We're all women. Is that is incredible to me. And I wanted you, I wanted you to kind of speak to that. Is, um, and do you feel like that was something that you feel more that you relate to these people? Because it's almost like I've, I've spoken with these guys before about how it seems like women tend to have these roles in that kind of in the film industry as far as casting directors as far as location scouting as far as the big picture things that people don't think about that i feel like women have an eye for more than men do would you agree or disagree with that and did that kind of lead you into you know the kind of you know how you have it set up which i think is very beautiful that i see a bunch of women running a company and doing amazing as far as I can tell. Um, I 
Let's see. I feel very strongly about igniting and supporting women in their careers and in their paths. And I feel really lucky that I, that I get to be in this position where I can um, help these people see their, their potential and help them to have, like work in an environment where they know that they're safe, where they know they're always gonna be taken care of, where you know no one's ever gonna grab their ass. There's something to be said about that, and I don't, I, I don't not hire men. We've had a few, um, we've had a few guys work at Levinson locations that didn't work out. We've had a lot of women work at Levinson locations that didn't work out. Um, our job is like what we do is very difficult, and the way that we do it, I think, is pretty specific, and it just takes the right, it takes the right person. Um, and yeah, everybody, like one of our core values is to see the forest and the trees. So having a big picture sensibility as well as a like eye for details and being able to like keep a million little things together is essential for what we do. That's awesome. Yeah. So I, whether or not that's a like gender thing, I, I'm not sure, but. No, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna go, men suck at that. <laughs> we, we really do. And that's why I think that, you know, women are not that they're not suited to uh, any position ever in the world, but I just think that there is a natural pull for that. It's almost like I couldn't be like, I don't know what looks good. I don't know what's the right location. I could be like, yeah, this is gonna work, but you would tell me no, like that's not. It's because of that. Like I wouldn't trust Aaron to tell me that. Brother, I can judge buildings <laughs> like no one else. There is a lot of good location people out there that are, that are dudes too. If you were to like be a location scout, the first place you would pick would be haunted. I could yeah, almost I guarantee I would stumble in the most haunted place in the entire world. I, I, I would just, I, I just have I, a running idea in my head where it's just like I feel like you walk up to a person, you see like, hey, have you, have you thought about doing film? And you're like, they're like, who me? And they're like, no, I'm talking to your house right now, sir. Like I'm not talking to you. I, I, I think the location is the, the person. Yeah, you're, you're, you're the person. I'm, I'm concerned about your house. Awesome. Oh, awesome. So. That being said, I want to go ahead and switch out. We have another guest coming on here. His name is Mike Smith. He keeps telling us that he is not in the witness protection program, and that is his actual name. So <laughs> with that being said, I'm going to invite Mike up here right now. Mike. His handler is trying to get him out more. Mike, um, come up to the mic. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Definitely yeah. a pleasant surprise. I'm very excited to be here. I was just talking to Kate Levinson, and who knows, now I may hire her for my next film. There we go. Don't tell anybody anything <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you guys are bringing people together. It's a beautiful thing. But I do want to come speak at your class. Uh, that will definitely happen. Yes. Uh, well, so Mike, why don't you give us a quick uh, rundown of who you are, what you do in film, and what brings you here today? Okay, so I'm a local uh, independent filmmaker. Um, I'm also an author and a film studies instructor. And um, I just, my, my third feature film came out in October of 2018, played the festival circuit for about a year, and it just started uh, streaming uh, via Cowlamp Films. I know you guys know them. Yeah, oh, we yeah, had, we, we, had had we had Josh Silva on, oh, yeah. I think it was a couple months yeah. ago. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we started, we started streaming December 15th. Um, so you can stream us for free on Amazon Prime right now. Awesome, congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you very much. And then I'm gonna shoot my fourth feature in May. Right. Can we get a hint at what that is going to be, or are you want to keep that close to your chest? Uh, I want to keep it somewhat close to my chest because okay. the cast has not been announced yet. Um, but that that right, info right. will be dropping on Real Chicago probably in the next couple of days. Sounds exciting. Ooh. We look forward to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's the cast is insane. So I'm what very excited. There we um, go, man. What are uh, some of the films you've done prior? Like, what were they about, roughly? So my first three features all are a trilogy. They're all about relationships, uh, and they're all about Chicagoans in relationships. They're they're kind of comedy dramas about you know men and women and communication and miscommunication. And the the titles are um, Cool Apocalypse, Mercury in Retrograde, and Rendezvous in Chicago. Okay. All right. How much Malort is it, isn't it? Uh, you know what? It's funny you say that. There's no Malort in the first three, but there will be Malort in the one I'm shooting Ooh. in May. Ugh, it's Excellent. so gross. Excellent. Hey, that is the sponsor oh, of our podcast. Yeah, you man. should have been here in our June episode, our first June episode. The, the when sponsor our ep of this entire thing. Well, Buddy will come down here and get you. Yeah, really? she'll just give you a full fifth. <laughs> Kind of, but no. I mean, oh my God, I love you, Malort. No, I, uh, I just, I love to hate Malort. It's like part of my culture. Oh no, when, when, uh, when Bunny, the representative who came down here the one time, she literally had the best Malort-like puns yeah, in the she, entire like world. Like she literally asked, like, it, all right, just like, just come up with like the worst burns for Malort you could think. You of. said come up, like bile. Yeah. Come up, puking. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was a really good Malort pun. <laughs> Hey, I oh genuinely yeah. like Malort. <laughs> you, you are one of those people. I am. Yeah. There, there, there is a select group of people who actually, like, when they drink Malort, it's like, this is not so terrible. What is everyone complaining about? I, I like bitter flavor profiles. You, you would have been amazing in the 1950s or <laughs> 1940s, whenever Prohibition was occurring. <laughs> because that, that was actually a thing back in, uh, I know, in uh, Wisconsin, there was always these, what they called bitters bars. And they would drink just straight bitters, and that's what they did. Yeah. Well, you know, the guy who founded it, uh, Carl Jepson, he was a tobacconist, and his taste buds were ruined from smoking. Yeah. So yep. he ha he could only taste things that were extremely bitter. That's why he invented it. Yep. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh don't, we got the whole rundown from Bunny, oh, okay. so oh, yeah. she gave us I, all the fun trivia. I did a lot that. of research on Malort for that episode. So anyway, back to the, the Malort in my film. Someone is literally going to order a Chicago handshake in the next film. Excellent. Ooh. There we go. Therefore, you know it's real. Uh, you know it's a real no. Chicago film. Yeah, yeah. No, no one else will do that in the film. <laughs> oh, my God. So, all right. Um, Joe, what else we got moving forward then? Um, well, I was, honestly, I was not prepared for you, Mike. So, um, so I Mike's have one, a wild card. Yeah. I do have one question for you, Kate. Um, like, uh, I see on your website that you have, like, location scouts slash managers and location coordinators. Uh, what would be the difference between the two? So our location coordinators support the location managers. They um, help their location managers figure out their parking. They make the maps. They pull all the permits. They're the ones who are working with the Chicago Film Office. They check the signs. When you see those leaflets all over being like, Levinson Locations is shooting a commercial in your area. You're not going to be able to park, and we're going to annoy you endlessly with our trucks. Call us if you have an issue. Those girls are posting those signs. 
Um, they keep everything, like there are assistants. The location scouts slash managers, they manage a project from start to finish. So like that, what I explained about doing the file pull, doing the scouting, booking the locations, and then managing them on set, and then following up and making sure that nobody broke anything, and fixing it if they did. Sounds interesting. I had no idea what I was like. I was just looking through the websites, like, um, look at those girls. Aren't they badasses? Yeah, I was just like, all right, what's the difference between scouts and coordinators? So I have no, I have no clue with the, like the whole uh, location, like stuff behind the scenes. I just screenwrite for the most part. Well, so I'll make all of your dreams come true. <laughs> so Kate, I, I got a question. Has there ever been a moment where you were just like walking by a place or you're out in public in Chicago and you just saw like something and you're like, holy shit, I need to talk to this person because this is exactly what I'm looking for. Does that ever happen? Location-wise? Yes. Lo like, it, like, not even like you're purposely looking for a place. You just stumble upon something and you're just like, I got to get this in the portfolio. Like, I got to talk to this person. So in the old days when it was more like just me kind of building the business, that happened a lot. Okay. Um, but now that we're more established, like typically when we're looking for something, we're looking for something because somebody asked us for it. Okay. So, and then because we do commercials and uh, more like advertising stuff, we don't have a lot of things that are recurring. I have a few clients like Crate and Barrel and Jason Home where I kind of am always looking for interesting cool things that they're going to be inspired by. Okay. So yes, that happens for them. But more often, you know, we'll have like a pharmaceutical commercial that'll have yeah. like a laundry list of the types of locations that they need exactly and then we'll go find those. So uh, how does that go about then? Is it just, are you, if someone's saying, are you purposely looking out, so let's just take Crate and Barrel for example. Um, you're going out there, are you purposely looking for locations that you think that'd be interesting? Or are these things that sometimes, just in your normal life, you're stumbling upon and you see it and it's like, boom, this right here. You just got an eye for it and it just jumps out to you. Well, that does happen, but like if I don't have a job for that client at the moment, yeah. it doesn't matter. I can see like all the cool stuff. You know, I see like cool dilapidated, like dilapidated buildings, things that like independent films and like horror movie people really love. Like that shit's really interesting to me too. But like there's almost never, unless I'm doing maybe an Adidas ad or a Nike commercial where there's an athlete and you want to have like a lot of really cool texture and it's going to be grungy or gritty. Okay. Um, but for the most part, like, all the really cool stuff where you're like, oh, yeah, that hallway would be so great in a, in a movie, you know, because we're doing commercials, it's like, when you watch commercials, what do you see? You see, like, happy people smiling in a house or, like, at a doctor's office. Okay. So. Now, Michael, are any of these location ideas just, like, giving you ideas for your fourth movie? <laughs> Uh, no, I, when I write, I typically write for locations that I know I can use um, because, you know, my films are all micro-budget films, so that's how you got to do it, you know. His next film is going to be at a mid-century modern house in the woods. <laughs> that, that Kate owns. <laughs> ah, the cheapest of locations. She, she I offered it. it to him. Actually, my, my um, second feature, Mercury in Retrograde, I shot it in Michigan, and I had Ooh. to find a, a cabin in the woods. There so are plenty of those in Michigan. I uh, used uh, VRBO.com. Do you know that site? It's like no, what, is that? what is that? It's like yeah. Airbnb, but for vacation homes. So if you have, you know, a lakeside cabin and you want, you know, you want to rent it out to people for a weekend or whatever, you can list it with them. 
and I looked at about 200 cabins, not only in Michigan, but Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, because I just needed a lakeside cabin, and the best one I could find for our purposes uh, was in Fenville, Michigan. I got to tell you, I feel a little insulted that you didn't pick one in Wisconsin, but I'll get through it. I mean, To Michigan be fair, Michigan has a lot more shoreline than Wisconsin. You know, I wanted to use Indiana because that's where the cheapest cabins are, but there's a reason why. <laughs> I'd like to go on record saying I don't support using those sites to find your locations. Right. I, well, had I known you, Kate, it would have been a whole different story. Well, now you know. <laughs> um, you mentioned earlier, Mike, that you have written some books. Have you ever thought about, like, adapting some of those books to, like... Well, no, no, I wrote a nonfiction book uh, oh, okay. that's about the history of silent film production in Chicago, because oh, okay. cool. I teach I teach film history, so oh. so I dabble in, you know, in film criticism, and I don't think that would translate well to a fictional narrative. That is fair. <laughs> um, all right, then. Uh, well, moving on. What else do we got on the docket, then, Joe? Um, well... I don't want to dive into Oscars right now and start hearing everyone's opinions. You must you would nah. like to do that. What was that? Case? I'm sensing some strong opinions that you don't want to share. It's okay. We can avoid it. We can avoid it. No, no. Carrying on. <laughs> well, I have something else I can plug. There um, we go. Let's plug. Go plug it. away. So I just produced a documentary film for another uh, director that's going to have its world premiere at the end of this month at the Glasgow Film Festival in Scotland. Oh. And that's something I'm really excited about. Um, it's called Roy's World, Barry Giffords, Chicago. Okay. And it's a documentary about uh, Barry Gifford, who's a great writer. In my opinion, one of America's greatest living novelists. He's best known for writing uh, Wild at Heart, which became a film by David Lynch. He also co-wrote the screenplay for Lost Highway with David Lynch. And so my buddy Rob made this film about his childhood because uh, he grew up in, in Chicago in the 1950s. Where, where did he grow up in? He grew up in Rogers Park. Oh, okay. Oh, which is the woods. where I live. He was actually born in the Seneca Hotel. Uh, he has a really interesting life story. His father was a pharmacist who, who owned a pharmacy that was like a hangout for gangsters. And... Um, Anyway, this film is, uh, it, it's all archival footage of Chicago in the 50s with a couple of animated segments. There are no talking heads, but uh, Barry Gifford, um, there's, art, there's audio interview of him talking about his childhood, and that's interspersed with audio of uh, stories of his being read by uh, Willem Dafoe, Matt Dillon, and Lily Taylor. Wow, I've got to I know. Yeah, that's... That's a loaded cast right there. It is. It's an amazing, amazing cast. I can't believe that I'm associated, you know, with a film, that I produced a film that has that caliber of talent involved. But um, I anticipate it'll probably play in Chicago before the summer is over. It will have its local premiere here. Uh, do you know where the premiere is going to be? Uh, not yet. There, there are a couple of options. Um, right now, we're still kind of in the process of negotiating with people about it. But uh, it'll do the festival circuit for, for about a year. Okay, awesome. Like, uh, what kind of festivals have uh, your movies played at? Um, well, the, the, the three that I directed have played all over the country. Um, the Tallahassee Film Festival is one of my favorites in Florida. Um, they actually showed my last two films. 
um, and uh, that's one of my favorites. Um, there's a festival in North Carolina called the Full Bloom Film Festival. There's a great one in upstate New York, the Adirondack Film Festival, that Rendezvous in Chicago played at, and uh, just all kinds of crazy places, the Santa Fe Film Festival, New Mexico. It's a good excuse to see the country, yeah. to travel around with your movie. Definitely, like, yeah. I keep telling myself, like, all right, this year I'm going to travel to some film festivals again, like I did in college, and then, like, <laughs> nope, I uh, don't have enough PTO work available, <laughs> so I can't just uh, take a week off and drive to Sundance and then South by Southwest and Tribeca. Yeah, it's hard if you're not getting, if, if they're not, you know, paying for your travel and lodging. Yeah. But a lot of them, uh, a lot of them will spring for lodging for the filmmakers, which is nice. Oh, you know what? Another good one is. Have you guys been to Beloit? No, I haven't. Oh, that's a great one. That's close too. That's, that's familiar. It's in Wisconsin. It's just, just, uh, just over the border. But that's a really, really great festival. It's actually coming up in a couple weeks, I think. Oh. The 2020 edition. Chicago film scene. Do you have anything else on the DACA then, Joe? I mean, I didn't draw a whole lot on the DACA of what we do. I was trying to concentrate like, talk about Kate in particular. I love talking about myself. <laughs> Kate, talk more about yourself. Yeah, well, here's a question for you, Kate. Um, yes. Like, uh, you mentioned that you do a lot of uh, stuff, uh, photo, like, photo shoots and commercials. Like, what's the functional difference between, a, like, a photo shoot and shooting a commercial? Like, that we might not know about. You can, like, with commercials, you might see the whole room, whereas with a photo shoot, you know that if the camera's pointing in, like, one direction, you're only going to see that part of the room. So, um, it's, I, you know, it's not that different. Photo shoots are a lot smaller. Usually a photo shoot crew will be around uh, anywhere from, like, 15 to 25 people and typically a commercial will start at 25 and go up to maybe like 120 120 is for a commercial probably I like i could definitely see that yeah Especially a higher end commercial so, yeah some there are some big ones we did a a fuji commercial with taylor swift a couple of years ago and oh, wow. that was like there were a lot there was a lot of people you know because once you start getting all of like people and then all the people who are actually working on the job and the people who are standing around and all what, the people are making sure that nobody's taking why, a picture why are the people standing around oh, there's always a lot of people standing around but like, like the people looking? standing around have jobs to do like in the morning you know like a production assistant or me yep i've got it, when we get there in the morning i'm like kicking ass i'm doing so much stuff i'm running around and making sure people yep. are parked i'm getting cars towed i'm making sure the layout board is down i'm making sure that like the the production knows where they're going, that the motorhome is parked, that the talent knows where they're going, that the homeowner's not freaking out. You know, th there's so many things to do. And then once they start rolling, there's nothing for me to do unless, like, the toilet floods and I have to go plunge it or, um, you know, I don't know, the dog starts barking, other examples that I've given. So, and then at the end of the day, it's again, like, back to doing a million things again. But yeah. midday, only the people who are shooting are really having to do stuff. Huh. Well, based on the crew size, I would imagine that you get more of, like, opportunities for photo shoots than commercials. Would uh, that be correct? No, we do 50-50. Oh. 
you guys, I, I'm being told it's time for me to say goodbye. <laughs> Mike, it's been great having you on, by the way. Is there anything yeah. last minute you want to plug on here for us? Um, yeah, watch Rendezvous in Chicago on Amazon Prime Rendezvous for in Chicago, okay. We're excited for it. We'll yeah. always do it. All right, well, uh, I'd love to come back. Thanks Mike, for we'd love to have yeah. you back again as well. Right. Take, Take care. care man. Take Bye -bye. care. Am I done too? Or am I staying? You're the special guest. Why do you think you're leaving all this? I don't know. I do don't know. Do you not want to hang out with us? I love you guys. I just like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just keep getting nervous that I'm that it's time for me to go and that I'm still that I'm overstaying my welcome. You are not overstaying your welcome. Let's welcome who we got on the mic. You don't even know my name, do you? That's okay. You don't know my name. It's all right. What is your name? It's a letter. It's a letter. Yeah. Her name is Kay, and she does everything. Goddamn it. I was gonna say J. Uh, it's okay. It's Close. Right. Close. Okay, would Kay. you like to talk to us about who you are? Katie already said I do everything. Kay. You do everything. I do everything. You do every single thing. I pretty much do everything on set. Every actually, actually, no, it's a lie. I don't DP. Okay. Can I just throw it out there? I'm a, it's a joke. It's sorry. I'm art depart I'm art department person sometimes. So we have a joke about DPs, but you know, um, okay. I don't have the ego to be a DP. Wh what is what is your favorite <laughs> thing that you like to do on set? Um, What's your preferred position? Okay. What are some of your favorite roles? It's really hard to say. Um, ones that will challenge people's vision on what Asian women should be. That's Probably the most fair. interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely fair. But um, I own four media companies. Well, congratulations on Thank that. you. I have zero media companies right now. Hey, but you still make films? I help out once in a while. Okay. Hey, Phil, hey. Uh, <laughs> Phil just like, kind of wander onto a set. Someday we'll just give him a role. Yeah, they do that. I just get what I can. It's fine. I'll get over it. Cool, cool. But, uh, you know, I write, I direct, I produce, I AD. Okay. I do production design, a lot of art department stuff, so set dressing, set deck, props, graphic design, photography. That's I awesome. AD a lot. I like to produce, UPM, line produce, costumes sometimes, special effects if I need to. So you just do At everything. least we know that she knows all of the headlines for the call sheet. Your resume well, I also know the small things inside there, too, point. yeah. Um, so, going off of that, is there anything more recent that you've done that you really are excited about that you have up and coming? Um, you know, I have a lot of things, like, um, just feature-length films is my main thing. Okay. So, really excited. I've got a couple of features that are, like, on Netflix and Prime and things like that. That's awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. So, a lot of production design stuff. Sometimes doubling up with other things. Feel like plugging a few of them? So that um, way we sure, can yeah. So on Netflix, I've got Professor Mack and Pierre Jackson, which are two rom-com, black rom-coms here based in Chicago for the black Christopher Nolan. I don't know if you guys know who this guy is. This guy is. He's amazing. He is What's his name? Christopher Nolan. Okay. The black one. No, I'm not joking. That's is, how it, is that in parentheses? That is usually in parentheses. <laughs> he's, no, he's amazing. Actually, um, it's funny. I didn't have as much respect for him, and, and he knows this. Uh, he makes really low-budget indie films, and you know okay. what? He makes three or four of them a year. Yeah, he's keeping busy. The guy's grinding right there. And you know, he's making it happen, and he's getting them on Netflix. And I gotta say, being an African-American black filmmaker in the city, that's something to be said for itself. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I've got uh, 30 Miles from Nowhere, which is on Amazon Prime. Okay. All right. So but where were we in the discussion? We, we had an active discussion ahead, I mean, right? I mean, right now, we're just bouncing around back and forth right now. Very cool, yeah. very cool. Um, do you have any questions right now for Kate at all? Actually, we talked a little bit earlier, so it was a 
cool discussion we had. Obviously a location person, a production designer. I work very closely with location of people. Course. I love location people because they take all the problems that I get sent and they fix them for me, usually with a budget. And I love production design people because they can make things exist in locations that I couldn't make happen in real life. That is very <laughs> true. And I know that uh, a lot of location people deal with just the grunt of the entire crew. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's amazing how many times I get told, someone put gaff tape on a wall or they try to run a line on the side and they, they broke a table and, and they come to me first and I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And, you know, I always say that, like, I don't, we don't want you to break anything, but if you do break something, it's totally fine. Just say something. Just tell me. Just say something. I will not shame you. I will not get mad at you. Like, I just need to know so that I can manage it. Well, what if you and somehow, like, break the location itself? It, oh, it happens. It happens. Yeah. I mean, you can't really, like, break the whole location. We... The most, the worst nightmare that I've ever had was um, we were doing a job where there were appliances that were swapped out. We had like professionals come in and swap out the appliances. This has only happened once in 10 years, by the way, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of shoots. But the somehow the refrigerator didn't get plugged back in That's correctly, <laughs> or like the water line, and the house flooded. Oh, I could see that. Oh, yeah. So that was like the only case. Actually, I think that was the only case in my entire career where like everything like really was fucked. Just kind of fell apart. But it all got fixed also, and the insurance covered it, and it ultimately was fine, and I'm sure everybody, everybody Did you survived. at least finish the shoot first before well, The shoot was over, and then the appliance got put back in by the, um, like by the client's people that were dealing with taking the appliances out, replacing them with the product that we were shooting, and then replacing the homeowners. That was bad. So I think the coolest situation I ever had with a location personally, we had a location that was going to be condemned afterwards. We had a house in Elmhurst that we got to just do anything we wanted to, you know? Three levels, we did basement, we did living room, we did kitchen, we retiled, we painted walls, we put gaff tape on fucking every piece of that ceiling we played fucking wanted to. We played paintball afterwards. We played paintball. Great. We built really bad rigs, shitty rigs, that's <laughs> shitty rigs Instagram right there, shitty rigs outside for fucking daylight that didn't even make sense. And then it was, it was amazing because in the end, they were just going to break that bitch it's down with a wrecking ball. And no one had down. a fucking problem. Wow. Did, you, did you also bring in a sledgehammer to just like smash the just walls? Just for fun. Just for fun. <laughs> I, I just wanted you, you like, why waste bang. the opportunity? Yeah. And then like, you like find things in the basement. You're like, this shit's mine because no one's going to fucking care about this random blue clothespin I found. So, yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be amazing if every location you had was just going to be just like bulldozed to the ground afterwards? It's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Say one of the worst. We're living in a, fantasy, a wonderful fantasy world. I think one of the worst situations I had a producer too on a film that told the location, we had a location manager, which is why I like location managers because they have a better sense of understanding than a producer. Oh, we're not going to touch anything. This place is going to look better than when we came. Oh, nothing's going to happen. This bitch feng shuied her house before we arrived. She had things measured to like the degree of the wall to where the sun was going to. You know, rise and set. I told the producer, I said, how fucking ridiculous it is to say that we're not going to touch anything in this home. Like, to give this location the sense that it was right, going to be just... <laughs> yes, everything gets moved. Everything. We, 
the art department will move it back with the location. We'll make it look better. With we'll the location's it. oversight. Absolutely. I don't leave that place until I go to location and say, does my pictures match your pictures? Yep. I love that she's taking pictures. It's really yeah. bad when the art department doesn't take pictures, but then they move everything. Mm -hmm. And we usually take pictures also, but then if they move everything and then they're like, oh, I'm going to remember where this goes. That's why. You're like, you never remember where anything goes. Maybe I'm, like I'm a, a crazy bitch. Little. I'm like a super crazy bitch. I make my team arrive 30 minutes earlier than a call sheet because I want parking because we're crazy. You know, our department, we need to go in and out a lot, a lot of loading mm -hmm. in. And I expect them to take pictures before anyone gets in there. Yeah, especially the like camera department. They want to come in. They're like, oh, we're just going to have the table over here and we're going to put the chairs over here. The guys will sit over there. And I'm like, whoa. Everything goes back. I have four people that I take pictures first. I'm sure locations want pictures as well. Yeah. I'm arm. curious how often with the independent films that you work on do you have somebody whose sole job it is to do locations? I would say, so I've done 14 features this last four years. Ten of Productive. Them, ten of them probably right, have so that's pretty people. Good. Yeah, it's a pretty good. Now ironically, the films that are higher budget, obviously have location people, are not the films that do as well successfully like social media wise or on platforms like Netflix or Amazon. It's really? Weird. Why do you think that? Because I think they need a return on the money and so they go for pay-per-view mm -hmm. and they don't go for the free platform. Right, so that makes sense. Like that makes sense. You know, lower budget, well to do obviously, a lower budget film that doesn't have locations ends up on these platforms. Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, this has been so interesting to listen to everybody talk about independent films. It really is a... You're, you're a corporate person. Yeah, I mean, it really is like a... I, I don't ever... I almost never get to... Like, we almost worked on one this year. <laughs> but for the most part, we we can't, you know, our... That's not our core business. Yeah. So well, it's been really fascinating. Well, let's talk corporate world, because, I mean, we are the advertising capital of the country, as far as I'm still concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, we have great people like Mobilebee is here, Resolution Studios. There's a lot of great resources, SNA, stuff like that. There's got to be a lot of work for you, at least. You know? Yeah, it's been really, it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing decade, and it, like, seems to be getting better. Um, I was saying that the, the location managers, many, because there's so much, like, TV and, like, bigger movies happening here, yeah. the location managers are working on these sort of longer projects. So I always joke that Levinson Locations is the bottom feeders of the of the film community here. Commercial two-day shoot, like, man. Yeah, that's two or three, one, like, you know, we'll do, it's it's the volume, ooh, ding. It's the volume um, of work that we do that, like, makes our company able to be what so it is. Yeah, you make more connections that way, greater volume. I mean, commercials are, like, so I do indie and I don't do television. I think television, the length is too much. I like doing indie and then commercial because it gives you that balance of high budget, you know, like you're right four times higher when you're commercial. Yeah. But you don't have to be on that for weeks. And usually by the time the art department at least when it gets to me, there's so many decisions that have been made. I mean, they already found the animatronic this, they've already decided what the locations are. Sorry, 
inside the locations are. You know, it's it's amazing how much gets done in commercial world before it even gets to an art director. Yeah. You know, it's just like so put together because even for a two-day shoot, you've probably been at that, or the production's been at it for right. a year, maybe a year. A couple of Like, well, we typically will get a assignment. Like, f I think 14 days is sort of our average, and yeah. it's kind of also our sweet spot. Like, we do a ton of stuff that is going to happen in three days. Yeah. But for the most part, like, if we have two weeks from when we hear about the job to the day that the job shoots, that's like fine and normal. Yeah, it sounds like a good turnaround time. Yeah, it's 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 decent. So as we as we're heading into kind of like the twilight hour of this podcast, I think an interesting question to pose to both of you guys right now is, uh, we always ask this of our guests is, looking at Chicago and when you came in here and getting into the film scene, what would you say is probably one of the more significant changes that has happened, either for the good or for the worse? Or just change. Or just change. Or just benign change. I mean, I think at least in like an indie sense, I think the shows that have picked up have really affected the indie world. Um, labor is a lot different. You know, we lose labor to union staff. We lose locations to bigger things, and it's really made it, I don't know, just like more creative on our end. But at the same time, there's so much more resources for people like us just because there's these bigger things going on. There are better location people. There, there are more prop houses popping up every second of the day. And so it's, it's kind of like this tit for tat, you know, it's, I don't know, like it goes up, it goes down, it goes up. But I think the balance is really nice between at least the shows that are happening because they, they pull a lot of work and then just the independent world that's trying to survive on the side. Yeah. I think one of the, the interesting things uh, as we were talking with Kwame when he was here is talking about trying to unite the indie world. Yeah, I, I was at a seminar with him recently yep. about just like infrastructure and keeping Chicago indie here and yep. like not losing good people and trying yep. to change the post-production um, you know, credits and well, there's an interesting even when uh, Peter Hawley was on here and he was talking about the tax credit that comes yeah. along with it and it's just coming from someone who is very much all throughout this entire experience I was someone who was very novice to the entire film experience that's uh, pretty and lightly and, and, and very very much lightly but coming in and also understanding like certain things like just like how important that tax break that exact huge just it is one of the biggest things that actually pulls talent and work into the area huge. and it's huge and getting to see that knowing like you guys obviously being veterans or more veterans than i am obviously in the film scene like knowing like right there that's like one of the biggest things i think that my company has benefited tremendously from the tax credit even though it's not like you know, A, like I said, all these, the, the bottom feeder, you know, so there's so much more, um, there's so many, I don't know, I guess more things that other people are on, but then also exactly what Kay was saying is like, because there's so much film, there is more resources, which means that there's more potential for more films. And we're understanding too, like yeah. they get that we're trying to make it happen on lower budgets sometimes, right. which I don't know if they would have done that before, was like, we only have so much we want to give to so many yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, you have to be, uh, it was like what I was saying earlier about like, you gotta be really nice so that you can get what Always you need. approach with a smile. <laughs> Always approach with a smile. And be careful what, bur what bridges you burn, you know? Don't, yeah, you can't burn any bridges. Never burn a bridge. You never know when you're going to need somebody. When it's going to come back at you. And smile a lot on set. Always oh, like PAs, man. Just smile a lot and take the right direction. Another Levinson location's core value, bring joy. <laughs> Damn, mine's only don't touch my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they both work, so. 
Well, okay, let's let's throw that in your direction then. What do you feel is as you've been in Chicago for at least you've been in the business now for ten years at least? Mm -hmm. uh, what would you say starting day one? What has really changed? Both good, bad, or indifferent? You know, it's hard to say because I feel like my business has changed so much in those years that it's almost like I've grown up with the like film scene in Chicago. As Chicago was growing, so was Levinson Locations. So, you know, when I started, it was just me, and I was doing, like, a little, a few little things here and there, and then, you know, all the TV shows came, and then there was more and more commercials, and then, you know, I had more employees, and I, I can't, I can't say that I can really tell. It just feels like there's more, and I think that what Kay was saying about, like, then it feels like people know what I'm talking about. And when I first started doing this, I would have to tell everybody my shtick every time. Like, we find locations for photo shoots and films. Have you ever heard of anything like this before? And people would say no left and right. Now, when I say we find locations for photo shoots and films, have you ever heard anything about this? They say, oh, yeah, Chicago Fire was shooting on our block last yeah. week, you know? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot more recognition, and it's becoming more of a kind of a mainstream career, which is exactly what the point of the tax credit, right? Like, yeah. they want to bring yeah. jobs to Illinois, and I think that the jobs... I mean, everybody everybody knows about filming. There must be more jobs in film, right? Yep. Yeah. I know Kwame was mentioning that we still can't seem to make top three when it comes to filming in our state. I mean, yep. we fall back behind Atlanta constantly, yep. Houston, yep. Uh, Nevada. It's and, and for the resources and being an advertising capital for so long and having all these shows, it's it's almost ridiculous that we are so far behind. Well, I think, as he mentioned, the biggest issue that we run into is space here in infrastructure. Chicago. Infrastructure. I know Kwame's right. like, infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. Oh, he's he like, we, we've got Cinespace, and he's like, which is great. And he's Studio like, City, which is coming back. And you can yeah. always shoot on location. They <laughs> <laughs> just need them. They're endless. You're a good production Locations designer right in. Right there. Are endless. <laughs> She's going to whip that shit up, and it looks so fucking good. It's a studio. We're going to find you a haunted house. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Useless. <laughs> But yeah, I think if we just like keep that infrastructure, keep our really good talent here. I know they're trying to do a post-production credit, which is huge because we have so many post-production oh. houses here. Yeah, that's oh, wow. But you have to film one day in Illinois to get that post-production credit. They're trying to waive that, okay. which means people could just come here just for post-production, which I think is the beginning of something else. Maybe they could come here just for something else, you know, maybe just special effects or maybe just art. Hey, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Just locations. I have a lot of people that come here just for locations. I've had multiple Europeans. We did Halls last year. We did Lincoln last year. Those are New York. Those are Amsterdam. That's Paris. These are companies coming here because of our locations. Because we have this beautiful skyline. We have a great mix of locations across different landscapes. We have those opportunities here. Just got to get out there. We, that's what we got to get out there. We got to get the name. And as Kwame says, pulling the community together. That's all he's about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, we got. All right. Um, so one more thing I wanted to. Oh, I was going to throw this towards Kate, but, well. You're good. I can try. We're getting chit-chatted at. Do you want to take me? All good? Uh, hopefully so. All right. Anyways, um, the one question, Kate, uh, a little bit I'm wanting to ask you is, have you ever gotten a very weird, odd request for a location? Someone's, like, specific about something where you're like, you want that? Or, like, something that... You've had it in your 10 years. Someone asked for a very weird relocation. All right, pull that needle out of the haystack on. All right, wait, wait. Let me think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it comes up all the time. Um, we were just did one that was like, okay, they had to shoot three 
different areas in a house. One was a kitchen and two bathrooms. Oh wait, you know what? This hasn't shot yet. I don't think I can tell. I can tell this story. Let me tell a different story. <laughs> uh, Just don't use names. That, that check has not been cashed yet. Uh, we are not going to go into that. <laughs> not today. Um, so, oh yeah, I guess I could if I just don't tell the name of the. Yeah, just don't tell, don't tell it. The just, just, the just don't talk about no, the location. No, but I can't tell like the story of the commercial because it's uh, creative. I tell another one. I'm getting so intrigued right now. If I see a weird yeah, commercial, he, I'm going to assume it's yours interest. now. Um, how about we go with? <laughs> there was the time that they were shooting a. It was like a. Huggies or some diaper ad, and they had to see, like the shot was people watching TV in a living room, and then they had to pan over to the bathroom because the kid was like clamoring up onto the toilet. Yep. So I had to find a house where the you could see the toilet from the living room. Like these are the things. So what will happen is they'll be like, we need a house where we can see the toilet from the living room. It also has to have a white kitchen with a black countertop. And do you think that um, it could be near a? Uh, we we really. We also really need a place set in the backyard, right? So I got the commercial. black countertop. <laughs> yeah. Why do they want to? Like why, like, why do they get? Is there at a point where you just say like, you guys are being needlessly detailed with this? No. Okay. I mean. All right. <laughs> I, I just think we're no. like a Huggies commercial. It's I, like, like we need a I kitchen mean, that like I'll looks explain. like this kind of and that's what they need. It's like they need whatever they need and I my job is to find exactly what they need and if they're willing to pay for our time to go find it, yep. I will find it as long as it exists. But how do you do that? How, do you just go door to door at some point just being like, hey ma'am, can we see your uh, kitchen really quickly? It, com it completely depends on the ask. So if, like, I would only, I would only likely go door to door if the ask was, we need a brick house with a red door, and then it also needs to have a, um, you know, a, a, a kitchen with the, with the sink in the island. Okay. It seems like the sort of thing that somebody would ask for. Okay. Um, and so, like, then I would start with the red door, and then hope that I could find the kind of kitchen that they want. So after I see 50 houses with a red door. There's bound to be, you know, five or six with the kitchen with the sink in the island. Okay. Right? But there, I don't know. It depends. It just depends on what we're asking for. Like we have to get innovative all the time. How long does that take typically? So when somebody needs scouting, I never estimate less than a day and a half. I figure I need a day-ish to like research and figure out, make a list, make the phone calls, reach out and plan to go take the pictures and then another, you know, half day to go out, get the pictures, upload and get them off to the client. Okay. Wow. But that's not a small one. So, but I, we could scout for weeks. I mean, we could be scouting for weeks depending on like the job. I commercially too, because I feel like, again, when I get commercial work, shit's already kind of lined up. Like locations usually find 75% of the stuff compared to like other times they'd be like, you have to make that. Yeah. Which is usually Who just sat down next yes, to me? Yes, we, 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 have, we have a new person here. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, by yes. the way? My name is Amy Weichel. Um, I moved here in November last year. From Germany, actually. From Germany? Yes, I'm not German. I wish. But um, <laughs> I moved here from... No, Speckensy, no Deutsch. Oh. 999. Oh, it's too I know, it's so sad. Um, but I was working there for like three years, and then I... Um, 
moved to Chicago to start my catering company. Awesome. And now I'm here. So Is I launched it last Saturday. Yes, and I work at Trader Joe's for their health insurance. <laughs> they have the best. I love working at Trader Joe's. Bravo, Trader Joe's. I'm a I just ate some chick. scallops from Trader Joe's for lunch this morning. So good, right? Yeah. My husband makes excellent scallops. I didn't tell anybody <laughs> about my husband, our uh, who runs our motorhome company. Oh, you have a motorhome company? It's a MoPro, right? MoPro. Forget about the woman who just sat down. Let's talk more about me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's lean into MoPro. I want it. I want to hear it all. Tell me everything. Well, that's it. We have a production motorhome. And I actually I just saw someone looking for uh, moho and vehicles. Perfect. Send them my way. I will. <laughs> See how this works? Okay, so... Why are, what are you telling us about? Not Trader Joe's, I bet. No, so I know Kaylee, and Kaylee is dating Max, and I just wanted to come here and Wait, hang Kaylee out with really cool people. Wait, dating your ex? No, Max. Oh. Max. I thought she said dating my ex. I was like, no. tell us the story. My exes are buried very deep in a very small hole ah. where Noah could find <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> no, but I moved to Chicago. I've never lived here before, and I was like, let's just do it. And every three years, I kind of find myself just moving around. I like mm -hmm. to know nobody and plant myself and grow and learn and meet cool people. And here we are again. I mean, I always think it's an excellent city to go and do that for. You what? Sorry. I think this is always an excellent city to go do that for. Right? I mean, Especially, like, being food and beverage. Like, I mean, yeah. every restaurant ever. So you just started a catering company? Yeah, it's called Celebrate with Amy. And I am also a dietitian, so I do, like, meal plans for people with disease states and food allergies. And if you're diagnosed with diabetes and you're like, what's a carb? I'm like, hi, I'm a carb, nice to meet you. I'm corn, which is confusing, but I swear it's true. It's true, it's a grain. And it's really fun to work at Trader Joe's and like educate people on nutrition and then get their bomb health insurance and live my life, so nice. here we are. So I don't know if you know, I do it all. I've done everything. I worked food for a long time. Oh, I cool. actually worked organical, natural foods for distribution and things like Keiki and Unify. Awesome. And so I know a lot about food and food and beverage. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Very cool. I'm a psycho bitch. No, I love that. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Very, very familiar with your world. No, it's so funny. This is Kay. Her I business know. card is a Rolodex. Gross. <laughs> 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 it really is. It kind of strings out like an accordion. Oh, wow, you do everything. Wow, holy hell. Hello. <laughs> My resume's stupid. <laughs> uh, what can't I do? It's a list of three. And what can I do? You don't even want to know. Yeah, about um, <laughs> sounds. DP. <laughs> I just discovered that I am a really good, um, I cut, I can cut hair. Oh. What do you guys think well, about my hair? I heard your layers are fantastic. Your layers are lit, baby girl. Your layers are fantastic. Right? 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 Of course, the one that podcast live that we have that is no video, we cannot see your luscious layers right can now. Can somebody get a picture of me and my hair? Are you, are you ready for We're this, gonna put Katie? It on the are you ready for this? We'll put it on the gram. We'll Portrait see your layers mode. on the gram. I, I worked at six hair salons as a kid. <laughs> told you Kay was going to Jesus Christ. Told you what? Kay was going to be able you to do what I You mentioned do. anything. Not Kay's one, like worked a job in it. Oh, yeah. I like, just did a hairstyling gig in the age. Oh, I, tra I changed transmissions back when I was five. Like, you know. You have no idea what my job was She's like, I created haircuts. Have you ever heard of them? I did that. I am Fidel At the age of one, I created a haircut. <laughs> it's 
gross. It really is. The word overachiever or like Asian overachiever. I saw the Asian in there. Not being so not cool. Me. I know. I thought you were like trying to cut down the typical I Asian. Do play and then piano. she's like, oh, but I I'm do everything at piano. I'm a genius. Amazing at violin. <laughs> I went to Harvard. Piano. Piano. <laughs> piano. Okay. That's <laughs> I tried to do piano. I got really. I could only do it where I could only play like with one hand, and then the other. When I tried to do both hands. Can you touch your head and rub your belly? I am actually very good at <laughs> I that. Yeah. Wow. And oh. Yet again, there's no video of this right now, and it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone just totally feels like bump. they should have their phone out a second ago. Oh, okay. Oh, here. We're oh. Gonna, this is a reenactment. All right, all right, this is a reenactment. Right. It's it's rolling in time. Wait, wait. You're not getting my hair. <laughs> Get your beautiful hair as we are. So for those who can't see this, we are patting our heads and rubbing our belly for a photo right now. As more people in the audience are starting to do the same thing. We we're all cameras. doing it. We're all We have another camera, it. so we're just going to keep doing this as we um, discuss famous. important stuff. Amy, stop patting your head. Oh my goodness. All right, is that the last one? All right, we're, we're finished with that now. That was, <laughs> that was a new segment we're going to do is Here can you go. rub your tummy and pat your head on Chicago film scene. Um, all right. That was a weird hole we went down into, but I'm right. fine with that, actually. That was a, that was good. <laughs> well, at least we're not with Amy's boyfriend. <laughs> yes, very true. Well, that's a shallow hole. We can't go very deep with that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um... Wait, continue. so tell me a little bit about you, you guys. So well, I know overachiever. 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 I own a couple of media companies. Love I work it. everything, both sides of the camera. Not pretty enough to be in front of the camera, so I speak on a microphone, so that's fun. I'm too pretty to be in front of the camera. The world can't handle it. I own Levinson locations. I, I am in. I am in a film. That's true. That's very true. He I am on one. himself. Katie, continue. Kate, it's Kate. Kate, Kate continue. Um, I own a location scouting and location managing company and a production motorhome company. Very cool. And I just started a catering company via Squarespace. So. Welcome to Chicago, Amy. So what I would say, <laughs> welcome to Chicago, Amy, welcome to Chicago, is that Amy. you should consider doing catering and film. <laughs> yes, I would love that. Crafty. Actually, I've talked to Max about that before. Have you, um, do you know, like, have you done anything in film? Do you know about No, I've only done, like, political stuff. How did stuff they get you up here? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that is a great question. Um, Just out of curiosity. Someone told me, you have to go up here right now. And I said, okay. And that's honestly how most things in my life have happened. Well, hey, <laughs> you may the start following <laughs> the flow of life. It's very important. This could like, be the if beginning the flow of is flowing, don't stop the flow. Don't Today flow. is going to start your catering and <laughs> right? film career. You're going to take over all the shows. Next thing we know, next year, it's going to be like this bitch. There are, like, From Germany. I think that there's a real shortage of non-union craft service people in the commercial film industry in Chicago from what I can understand. So what is the crafty slash catering union? I don't know. I'm I know not like, in that. I'm not, I don't, I don't think that's on a fourth no idea. I don't even know. I also I know cater. that like, I know nothing about the catering Would you like me to make a phone call and find <laughs> I out? Mean, like, <laughs> it's my lifeline. So I do know that uh, the PD, Fire, and Empire did fly out their catering staff here and put them in like a hotel or a condo not what? far from Cinespace for a long time. And Why did I start they my had, own like, company? The best I should just work for them. What? I should just work for them. Why did I start anything? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's competitive. Well, if you want to work for yourself and you want to work in film, like, craft service is a amazing, um, like, little niche. Right. And, um, I, I don't know. It's, they're, the craft service people are, like, your saviors on set. Yeah. 
We love feed them. you. They love you. <laughs> they give you like little snacks and little like in little tiny wasteful cups. And emergency yeah, there. They, emergency. The band-aids sit there. Advil. If you need Advil, you yeah. can't find the medic. There is no medic. Mint. Crafty, they'll have some Advil for you. Fuck yeah, they will. <laughs> like little apricots, little yeah, it's all there. Little spoons or little apricots? Both. You know, spoons and a little thing of little apricots. You've intrigued me. Nothing is cuter than Dried tiny apricots. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think it's like the same six people. I feel like I eat honest foods five days a week. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So being like a chef and dietitian, my goal is to just like you can have, you can be that like foodie who's like baconator, cheeseburger, small cheval extra special sauce, you know, fries with garlic aioli. But you can also be sounds, like, great, though, you can also be like, hey, I want, I like. you know, to also eat a vegetable every once in a while. And that's okay too. So but I like, think we're dealing a lot now with allergies, vegans, vegetarians, exactly. gluten-free. I mean, I think every set I have, there's gotta be a vegan. And, and I love Free, vegans. One of my location managers, she's amazing. Vegan, vegan. very, very annoyingly not accommodated on set. Yes. You know, <laughs> she'll thing. starve, she'll eat like Doritos, yes, or, or like salad, whatever chips. How many times is salad vegan? the only option for a vegetarian? It's or just vegan? really is no protein, not catered okay. to. Yeah. Well, then on the other flip side, I sometimes get where because there's vegans, everything becomes vegan, and then everyone else is like. Right. Or what happens is like not even the salad is vegan. Like they put cheese in the salad. Like there's literally is nothing Brie can eat. And right. then you guys put cheese yep. on the salad that could have been the, on the, the side. The worst part is like the croutons are on the side because they don't want to get soggy. The dressing's on the side. Ooh, but Honest Foods the has the, on the best side. fucking croutons. The Honest Foods the cheese croutons, will be in. You just like eat the Honest Food croutons. Honest, we are trying to promote your croutons. Yeah, Please sponsor this <laughs> podcast. So we're going to talk about it. This podcast, podcast brought to you by Malone. And, and honest, honest fruits. fruits <laughs> well, but North Folk puts coconuts in their fruit spreads. Yeah, so North, I don't Northern know. Fork's food is really good. They came over and did like a spread at our office and brought us lunch one day, and it was a phenomenal. It's super experience. green. It's super fresh. Like their stuff's really creative. Really I good. like that stuff. There's a lot of good caterers. So now this is what you're up against. This and exactly. people flown in from LA. Exactly. I have a lot to. I'm, a, I'm up against a lot. <laughs> If you could just make sure that everyone gets protein, there's a lot of variety. I always say it's like if you go to prison, this is ridiculous <laughs> to say it like this, but I, I think you're all going to agree. You go to prison, you get a starch, a protein, a vegetable, a fruit, and a dessert. It's prison level, but you still get that. Do you know how many film sets we don't get protein for every person on set or vegetables every person on set? Come over to the commercial side. <laughs> I mean, commercially, yeah, but still, I mean, like, even... Even sometimes commercially, <laughs> I've been on commercials, they, they bring pizza, they bring Jimmy John's, you so know? So, I think we'll end it on, yeah. come to the commercial side, we're better than prison. Um, we're better than prison, <laughs> But it's like, that's the basic necessities. If you as a caterer or crafty can just like cater to those basic necessities, that's exactly. really it. Well, and you have a registered dietitian, I'm also a chef, so you cut out the middleman. Like, I know what you need, I'll prepare it for you, done. Which is kind of efficient, and yeah. that's kind of 2020, so let's do it. There we go, guys. Like All right, so I got the roundup for this time, guys. We're going to start closing everything <laughs> off. I appreciate everyone who is on here tonight. Guys, thanks for coming on up. Yeah, here. nice to meet y'all. Um, with that being said, you can always find us at the Chicago Film Scene. Uh, it is on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. Of course, we have our website. Is there any last-minute plugs, guys, we'd like to give before we sign off? Thank you for hiring Levinson Locations for all of your photo and film needs, and I am very grateful that you guys have had me on here. I'm glad to have you on as well. 
Um, just, yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, representing Lady K Productions, Creative Works Media, Smart Print Designs, and the Asian Entertainment Channel, which is a new network I'm trying to begin because we need to be represented, so. Thanks. There we go. Um, it's great to be introduced. Cateringwithamy.com, check it out. And y'all are great, thank you. All right, Fantastic. guys, thank you online. We'll see you guys hopefully next month. We will have a lineup of who our next guest will be. Till then, guys, take care.